Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Buzzing About Romance. You've got me, Becky, and with me this evening is Leah. I guess you guys will listen to this anytime. So today is with me, Leah. Hi. How are you Leah? today? <laughs> I'm great. Um, it's really hot and humid in the Midwest, and so we're all like simply falling apart and melting. Um, so yeah, there's that, right? There is that, and it is very, very hot today. It was... 90 some degrees standing outside the pool and I couldn't get in the pool because we were at the swim meet. So gross. It wasn't fun. Um, So on this episode of Buzzing About Romance, um, we are talking all about the TBR. Is your to-be-read list out of control? Not sure what to read next? In a bit of a reading slump? The Buzzing About Romance librarians are back to give us some tips and tricks on how to manage our TBRs. Welcome back to the podcast, friends. We're so excited to have you back. Hi, um, guys. Everyone's like, oh, God, Becky. We really kind of put them on the spot. I was like, everyone keeps asking us for a TBR list. And I'm like, let's make the librarians help us figure this out. Well, because clearly Becky and I are no help with that. We're like, here's another book for your TBR, but we cannot tell you how to manage it. I can totally help you grow your TBR, but to keep track of your books. Nope, nothing. That's not our job. We're just, (laughs) our job is to add to it. So, um, okay, friends, tell us what you're reading. Laura, what are you reading right now? I am currently reading When Sparks Fly, which is by Helena Hunting, coming out. Yeah. Oh, that's one of her new ones because she has like six coming out. Yeah, it comes out like the end of September. Yeah, and it's with um, SMP Romance and it's uh, a little more tame so far versus the other ones I've read. So, yeah. Well, there's a though. whole nother there's a whole nother episode for us to talk about because I have thoughts about indie publishing versus traditional publishing and the amount of steam that we see out of those books. So I agree. Hmm. Starting to cause me issues. Anyway, Nicole, what are you reading? Um, I'm actually reading Next Year in Havana by Chanel Cleet. What's that about? One. Um, it is partially historical fiction, so it has to do with her grandmother in the 50s as they left Cuba when Fidel Castro was in power and their desire to go back um, when he obviously dies but that took her entire life so then it goes to their her granddaughter in 2017 who is now heading back to Cuba to kind of retrace her family roots and spread her grandmother's ashes very interesting Mm -hmm. that whole you know the whole the Cuban crisis and the upswing of the powers and all of that kind of stuff is very fascinating to me. And I still think yeah. it's so bizarre that you walk down the streets and it's still the 1950s in Cuba. Yeah. Yeah. Like and no- I mean, I knew a little bit about it, but I can't say that I had a strong grasp of Cuban history. So it's been really interesting. Um, and I'm reading it for um, a book club I lead at a retirement home. Oh, so yeah. Nice. Amanda, what are you reading? I just finished uh, Grace Draven's um, Wraith King series, and it starts with Radiance. It's a little bit older, but um, it's it's just a really amazing series. She's she's a fantastic author, so I'm trying to dig up all of her novellas and stuff. And I just started um, a series by Emma Ham, who's an indie author who wrote... Um, I mean, she's written a, a bunch of series, but I just started um, her Celestials. Nice. I think it's a three book series. I, I'd read her like, 
um, her other world books, which are kind of like Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid retellings and stuff. They're super cool. But the Celestials is a little bit more, I guess, fantasy or more straight up paranormal. Paranormal driven. Well, there's one because fairy tale retelling is one of our bingo squares. There we yeah. go. There's an author for you. Yep. The other world series all available on Kindle Unlimited. There we go, people. Nice. Um, we're look at us helping them fill the bingo squares. <laughs> you guys helping today with the bingo squares helping with TBRs. <laughs> yeah. Today I did the drawing for week four of summer reading. We had like 700 bingos that have been submitted for the drawings and i'm like and then there are a couple people i know that are like hoarding their bingos and waiting until they see the prize they want or they're just entering a minute the end well and like lady sadie her goal is to black out all nine cards and i think she's gonna like just wait until she gets them all blanked out before she enters anything I'm like, that's some reading goals right there. Um, okay, people, let's talk to be read list. So describe your to be read list to us. So um, Amanda, what would you say the status of your TBR list is? Oh, the status of my, my TBR list varies depending on which app I'm using or where, where I'm putting the list. Um, so I tend to put the list on my Amazon wish list. I put it on Goodreads. I've got a log running on my notes app. Um, and then for the ones that I, I know I'm not going to read, but I don't want to forget about, um, I have a Zotero um, extension on my Chrome browser. Zotero is a citation manager that mostly people you can that mostly people use for like um, academic research and stuff like that. But I so I use it for my for my actual work like publishing stuff, but then citations. But I also use it to manage my romance TBR. <laughs> so if my employer <laughs> ever bothers to look at that, they'll find some interesting stuff there. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it really just depends on like uh, how bad do I want to read it, and that that's how I decide which app it goes on to. Goodreads is like. I'm going to read this. It's my, I will commit to this. Um, my Amazon wish list is like, oh, this would be nice. And then my Zotero list is, I better not forget about this. But yeah, um, it's just kind of, a, you know, it's, it's just a huge running log. And, and it's the longest of all of my TPRs, too. That's and nice. it really actually wasn't until we talked um, about doing this episode that I actually went and compared the numbers between all of them and stuff. So, it, it yeah it was really funny it's like oh there's like 250 books in zotero that's now, do really you have like duplicates nothing. in each app or <laughs> is it like you have 200 books in one 100 in the other and there's no duplication across them so, so no i don't crossover. know no my goodreads is pretty short mostly because um, you filter through that one the fastest i filter through that one the fastest i get the reminders about it um i'm on it the most my Amazon wish list has, I don't know, maybe like 150, um, 150 books. And they're all ones that actually, now that I think about it, I would probably buy physical copies of. They're not usually my eBooks. Those are Goodreads. Um, and Zotero is just like a, a mishmash. My notes log is um, mostly like friend, author friends books. Um, and I kind of just have a running list. And it's that's also not genre specific. It kind of runs the gamut. But Goodreads, 
I try to keep strictly the romance. Um, Amazon wishlist is a little bit more of a grab bag, but still predominantly romance. And then Zotero is just like, I don't even know what, <laughs> what's, <laughs> what's going on there. I call it a TBR, but I really shouldn't because like, I don't think I've touched a book on that list in a couple of years. So it's a, I don't yeah, want to still... forget about this book and I might come back to it. Yes, exactly. It's exactly that. It, what's funny though, is that a book actually, now that I think about it, recently came off of that because I've had the Ice Planet Barbarian series on <laughs> Zotero <laughs> for like the longest time. And you, for, like, and you recently years. went down that rabbit hole? Uh-huh. I had to take a break from the Nalini Singh side changeling series. <laughs> and I thought like, oh, this will just be a brief, a brief break. And then all of a sudden it's like 24 books later. <laughs> and I'm like reading like the spin-off series and thinking a lot that about blue like- penises. And it's just like, yes. wow. <laughs> this um, is a rabbit hole. <laughs> our friend Heather, who is Minnesota hockey mom reads. She went down the Ice Planet Barbarians rabbit hole recently, and she's like, I just can't stop. Can't. She was looking for it's... fan art yesterday. She's like, Becky, do you think I can buy this? And I'm like, oh, sister, that's a big, giant blue penis, and you have children that come into your office. I don't think you can buy that. They have a whole pod. I mean, there's a whole podcast dedicated to it. It's such a, it's oh. such a great series. Like, I had n- I've never experienced something like this. It's like small town bonkers space opera that's i mean it's it is a small town romance series and it couldn't have happened to a nicer author ruby dixon is one of the kindest most like unsuspecting sweetest people you could ever meet and work with and so um we give her mad props but actually so if you're liking ice planet barbarians you might try her dragon series it's actually sexier (laughs) so they have mating fever but it's actually a little sexier as far as character development and stuff. But anyway. I love it. And I love that that's become a cultural phenomenon, like a a touch point. I think that's amazing. CNN had a big article on Sunday, on today or yesterday. CNN had a huge article all about the Ice Planet Barbarians and the TikTok craze that threw these books to be number one in the Amazon store. I mean, it it is wild because you know, you talk about word of mouth and like how we get word out about certain books to each other and like sharing our TBRs is one of those ways. I was getting my hair done and it was like getting like highlights and stuff. And I started talking about like these blue alien <laughs> romances to my my way too cool for me, like hairdresser. And next thing I know, I've got like the salon, like all of the staff like around me and they're like, so, so run this by me again. <laughs> they have blue penises. I'm like, yes. And then I told them about the quarantine romance series. I'm like, and they vibrate in this book. <laughs> yep, they do. They're so good. I do like those. Uh, Nicole, what's your TBR status? Oh, you know, it's a little, it's some <laughs> chaos, really. I put everything on Goodreads, regardless of whether or not I'm going to read it for the most part. So I have the most there. The dangerous part is when I go into the screenshots on my phone of like things I found on Instagram or like in a targeted ad where I'm like, yeah, you're right. I want to read that. <laughs> I, I had to start an entire book folder just so that I could find those books I was possibly interested in. So funny. So it's, it's uh, rough. I've started making a spreadsheet to keep track of the things that I absolutely have to read that I have to like review or something because they, they get lost. <laughs> um, 
Google Keep is a really great way to keep track of books that you have to review. It's like post-it notes. It is. It's post-it notes, but electronic. I need that. And it's in your Google Drive. And 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 you can like click and it gives you check boxes. So like you can write like bullets, but you can check them off and it crosses them out. It's It's awesome. I love that. I love Becky, that. Becky told me about it for arc for arc reviews and like work type stuff. I have different Google Keeps that I use to keep track of. That way, then I can also put like the email contact of who is either running that blog tour or if I'm editing something, I know what agent or author or PA I'm supposed to be sending stuff back to. And you can um, color code them, which is really and nice. you can color code them too. So. Ooh. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. I need that because my spreadsheet is not satisfying enough. Even yeah. I've even started making like multiple ones and like printing them off and putting them on my desk. And I'm like, I just no. Now it's getting out of control. No, and I need well, to stop. Google Keep. You could even things. like genre or trope them and like layer. Yeah, and-, yes. and you can mm-hmm. pin the ones you're actively like. Currently, I use it for like say work. I can pin to the top of the Google Keep ones that I currently have in my possession, and then I can archive them when I'm done. And the others that are down below are actually only the ones that um, I have on my calendar and are scheduled, but I haven't actually received either the manuscript or or the e-copy or the ARC, depending on what it is. So it's a, it was a game changer for me when I first started blogging. <laughs> It was. And I have See, a thing for it's post-it It's going to be notes. another list for me. I know right. it because I can't stop requesting things on NetGalley or Edelweiss or putting books on hold at the library. It's possible I have 50 things checked out right now. It's so funny. Um, Laura, what is your TBR status? Um, mine is out of control. Um, <laughs> I have this horrible... Like it's Send so bad. I have this thing where... I, yeah, I am like... On Goodreads, mostly I everything that looks mildly interesting, I'm like, oh, want to read, want to read, and it's over like 2,000. So like, obviously, that's just going to keep growing, and I'm just not going to have time. However, I do keep track of um, like any books that I've told them I'll review and things like that in my proper calendar. Like I write with a pencil and then highlight them when I get them in my possession. I keep track by month. I didn't used to do that, and it was insane. And now I do that, which I feel a lot better. And Goodreads is kind of just like the dumping ground where all the books I don't want to forget about. I like how Amanda said, I don't want to forget these books. I don't know if I'll ever read them because I feel the same. Like I see a book and I'm like, oh, I don't want to forget it. What if I forget it? I have a terrible yep. memory. So, yeah, it's I, out of control, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> I do that all the time too. Someone will say, oh, you guys should read this book or have you done anything with this author for the podcast? And because of how we schedule out with the podcast and stuff, it sometimes takes us a couple months to get to them. And then by that time, they might have fallen off my radar and to get them scheduled or I haven't re- read them yet. So I'm trying to get better um, to find a better way to keep track of book recs and TBRs because so let's ask you that question Becky how do you keep track of your TBR actually I don't have a TBR here is the problem so for seven years I did not buy a book but I read every day I was a huge library person um Ohio has an amazing e-library for my area and so when you check out at the library when you're at the mercy of the library or hoopla or something like that you don't really your TBR is basically your hold list because as soon as that comes available, you need to read it so that you can get the next hold because you're limited on how many holds 
you can have in the um you know the Libby app and stuff. So um I didn't really have a TBR. If you look at my Goodreads, and I'm notorious for doing like the author events and stuff like that, and they're like, add this book to your TBR and give us a screenshot. Well, not to be mean, but I probably just want the $5 Amazon card or, you know, the book swag. So then it sits in my want to read <laughs> Goodreads. Um, so no, I mean, I don't really have a TBR. I don't, I'm trying because I, I did work this weekend trying to figure out the best way to have a TBR for me. So we'll see how this goes. Leah, what's your TBR look like? Um, I use Amazon. Like I will dump all of my, all the books that I come across into my Amazon wish list, and I follow them there. Um, I use Goodreads for like reviews and stuff, but I, I, aside from reviews, I'm honestly not on Goodreads very often. I, unless there's like a book that I want to read reviews for, but yeah, I dump everything into an Amazon wish list. Um, and it's, I actually just went through it the other day and it is not as bad as I thought it was. It was only like six pages long. That's not terrible. It's well, the problem is, is because I typically don't add books to my TBR. I will just read it. Well, and that's part of the, one of the things that came out um, through all of us talking about TBRs with the Patreon and the listeners is a lot of people, if they see it on Kindle Unlimited, they'll put it in there, um, they'll go to check it out and they have, they have to remove something else off their TBR list or off their Kindle to check out that book in Kindle Unlimited because we're limited to 10. Um, Some of us are. Okay, well, let's not throw shade and hate already. It's kind of early in the evening. God. It's never Um, too early for that. (laughs) Anyway, some people were frustrated by that. Wow. Listen, you're just jealous because you can't be as cool as me with 20 checkouts. I know how I got it. This is true. No, I'm so clueless. Sharing is caring, Becky. It is. It is. Um, Okay, does anybody use a reading journal like bullet journaling or... Um, Laura, do you use, you use a, yeah, I, well, I'm terrible at bullet journal because my whole bullet journal is reading like stuff. Everybody <laughs> else has all these cutesy little artsy things. I'm not artsy at all, but I do have some nice straight lines and book, book trackers in there. <laughs> I have like a net galley TBR in there and I have a book of the month kind of tracker thing. And then mm-hmm. I have a, um, blog um, you know, what I, what I signed up for. And, and then I also have some, uh, books I want to read list in there. Cause why not? Right. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Okay. So do you have any tricks or tips to managing your reading journal? Like, do you set yourself a certain time that you're going to sit down? Like, like every day I sit down while I drink my coffee and I work on my reading journal. Do you have any? Um, I used, I think I, I kind of neglect it now because I've been moving towards more like electronic things, but I, I at least make myself check it like twice a month. I kind of do like a mid month and then an end of the month because at the end of the month, I kind of do a lot of planning and wrap up from the previous month. So I kind of check it twice a month. That's not very good. <laughs> now, do you put reviews? Like, do you jot notes about the books that you're reading into your bullet journal or into your I journal? I don't. I usually just like, 
smack a piece of paper in the in the front of the book and keep notes as I read. I'm like old school when I do reviews, and then um, I just type them into Goodreads um, when I'm reading too. Yeah, um, Nicole, do you use any kind of writing journal for reading? I started using my work planner to track my books that I have on hold um, at the library when they'll come out and then my arcs. And then I put them on like the weekly calendar and the monthly. And I bought a bullet journal. Well, my husband bought me one for Christmas because I was so jealous of everyone's pretty journals. And then I got it and all these beautiful pens and realized I hate my handwriting. So I haven't been able to start it yet because <laughs> I don't want to like write in it and then hate it right away. So you I don't just want to dirty it up it so far. Yeah. So, so far it's just this beautiful yellow journal that I will get to hopefully at some point. Yeah, that's, that is fair. I mean, I'm, Mm -hmm. we're in the process. We added a tier to the Patreon that we will be one of the tiers. One of the benefits is a reading journal that we're designing for them. And I'm debating how fancy to make it because I have terrible handwriting and I feel like the spaces to write in need to be fairly big. Well, and they're so small where I'm like, I can't be confined to that small box. My handwriting is giant. Yeah. It's like, so we all know it's going to look terrible and I'm not going to be able to read it later. So why did I bother writing it down? (laughs) I I feel your pain there. Amanda, Mm -hmm. do you do any kind of reading journal or anything? No, I I don't. I I like my handwriting. So I guess I have that, but I am not (laughs) artistic and I don't, every time I try to use washi tape, it kind of gets like all twisted. So I kind of gave up on that. Um, I really wish I could do it though. Washi tape does Uh, not stick. It's a lie. It's not really tape. It's just messy. It's just like, it just like gets into these like weird, pretty colored ropes when I (laughs) do it. Terrible. Um, So yeah, I, I, I think that this is where I use my notes app on my phone. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, does anybody use... Okay, so we've talked about Goodreads. Um, so there are several book tracking apps slash websites that are out in the world that are made to help the reader. Um, now, Goodreads is the industry standard because Amazon owns them and that's where majority of books are sold right now is at Amazon. Um, and their response nice because you can link them up and you don't have to worry about it. It's like if you finish your Amazon book, like on Kindle, it automatically like shows up in your Goodreads. Yeah, but you can only do five solid stars. You can't do half stars, and it makes me mad. Wow. Um. So we're not talking about that tonight. No, let's talk Goodreads. Um. Do you have any tick ticks? Holy crap. Any tricks or tips on how to manage your Goodreads and make it more effective and useful? Any thoughts? <laughs> Laura's like, why are you asking stupid questions? I'm listening. I'm listening no, for tips. I'm a huge fan of shelves. <laughs> yes. I, I, I just love... started using shelves. Like I just oh, started creating so great. Them. And I don't know, I don't want to get like too wild where like I'll go to someone's reviews and they have like 18 shelves per book because that's something I just can't keep track of. But I'm a huge mood reader and a big like season reader. Like I love to read summer books in the summer, winter and Christmas books in the winter or like, you know, something set in school and in fall. And so then I like to refer back to that to see what I read during specific seasons and that if people want recommendations for that, um, to do that but I also have a few like themed ones like I personally like to read 
ballet themed books. So I have a whole shelf where I keep track of the ones I'm interested in. So like, if I feel the desire to read that, I can read that. I have a royalty one and I have um, an eating disorder one. Cause for whatever reason, that's like the nonfiction I'm drawn to is like mental health things. So I like to track them that way. I do think shelves or tags are a great way to keep track of books. I only recently started using it as a way for tropes because some of oh, the yeah. different things that we do with like our drunk book club and stuff like that are really trope or situational driven. Um, so I have started creating basically trope shelves for well, books. Well, and a I lot of people have been asking us like for our bingo challenge, like what book do you recommend for this square? So Becky and I mm-hmm. both have been adding a lot of squares so that our like shelves so that people are able to fill their squares by following our shelves on bookery yeah. or on Goodreads. I I can't talk. But do you know, like, so tonight we have an upcoming episode this fall that Minnesota Hockey Mom reads. She and I are going to go head to head in a football draft. And so you, so we're going to do football romances. We did a hockey draft episode where we drafted our hockey book boyfriends. Now we're going to draft, draft our top 11 football book boyfriends. I and need to know all of these. So when you go to Google, you can actually just Google, I did American football romance books. And you actually do get like a Goodreads result of people that have shelved those books as either like one they came across was like touchdown reads or something like that. So it provided a list of multiple shelves. And then I could go in and kind of, I put like want to read and then put it as under and on my football shelf so that I can make sure I have a good variety. Plus, you know, she doesn't steal all my book boyfriends, um, which she did in the hockey she would never. draft. She totally did in the hockey draft. No, so I do find very shelves, shelves are very helpful on Goodreads. Um, does anybody use Storygraph? I know that they just recently in the last week now have an app. Um, so they they used to only be web-based. Now they do have a mobile app. Um, I know on iOS. I don't know if it's on Android or not. Um, I did find that it breaks down and you can add trigger warnings slash content warnings to books on Storygraph, which is very nice. Um, and it lets you do half stars. Ooh. There's been a huge discussion about Storygraph. Um right now too because of like the content warning the trigger warning availability and i think that that is is hugely important right now but it's also going to keep becoming more and more important so if goodreads doesn't add that in i'm not saying there's going to be a mass exodus from goodreads that'll never that'll never happen but i do think that it gives storygraph kind of a huge advantage over goodreads and certain readers are going to go there for for recommendations i mean there's so many times that i've been fooled by an illustrated cover that turns out to have like majorly traumatic things in it, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. have found it unless I went like home through pages and pages of reviews on Goodreads. But Storygraph, it makes it very easy to see, oh, yeah. this is a death of a spouse. And lots of authors are actually starting to go back into their backlog. I know that Katie Roberts is doing this and Mariah Anchorman is doing this. Um, Entangled is now providing content warnings in their copy edit page. They will now have content warnings listed. I think it's like not the copy page, but like maybe page two or something. They're going to start listing content and trigger warnings in their books. Um, But all authors with Entangled have 
are going back into their websites and creating backlists with content and trigger warnings, um, which I think is amazing. And I know Katie Roberts is going to start doing that. She's been working very hard to do that on her past books that'll be up on her website. You can then find out because mm-hmm. especially like her books, they're sometimes crazy town. Sometimes. I like that you can do the spoiler thing on Goodreads where it'll hide it unless you want to read it. Mm-hmm. So I've been starting to put those in my reviews, but to hide them because I I don't like to know what the trigger warnings will be until after I've read a book because sometimes they spoil plot points and yeah. then that affects how I feel about the book. So I want there to be an option to have that there, but to only have it, you know, open if I want to read it. Cause I hate the book riot newsletters where it's listed at the end of every book description. Cause without thinking, like I'll just read through the whole thing and then I'll read that. And I'm like, ah, oh, no, how much of the book have I just spoiled for myself? Right. And I mean, and I'm very privileged. There is rarely going to be something that I'm going to need a content warning on, you know, mm-hmm. for me, my life's, I haven't had the heartache and the hardships that potentially could come from different kind of content and trigger. Um, and really, I just want a content warning if there's cheating. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that's the only <laughs> content warning I really need. Because if there's cheating, I'm probably not going to read that. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. and I, like, I'm hit or miss on a trigger warning. Like, it it's not something that it really affects me now, but like we were going through a situation and we're like a trigger warning was definitely like, but it was like the reality that we were living. Like if I had read certain books, like it would have set me off. Yeah. So that like at That's that point funny. in my life, like a trigger warning would have been very nice, but luckily I did not mm-hmm. come across anything that was like bad. So it didn't really matter at the time, but I read a book recently, probably within the past year where if I had read it nine years ago, like it would have been really bad. Yeah. But it's but I'm I mean, like hit or miss on a trigger warning. Yeah. Cause I can understand like the basis behind one, but I can understand why authors don't want to put them on also. But I feel like you have to kind of have grace for the people that are reading your books because you don't know what they're going through. Like you don't yeah. know like what is going mm-hmm. to set them off. Yeah. yeah. They, they, want they don't them to be they don't hurt anyone. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hurt they're, anybody. No, they're they're helpful. I think more than they hurt. Yeah. yeah. And there are some authors that are very, very strongly against them. And there's an author that's book like dealt with domestic violence and rape and assault at gunpoint. And there is not one trigger warning on that entire book. Well, like you there's go a trigger in warning. Thinking- in it, the trigger oh. warning is there may be some domestic abuse or something along those lines, but it is nowhere very- near like as as big as it should have been and it should have had like a red flag as a freaking bookmark um has anybody used binge books they're newer on the site they were it's a website developed by author uh alice alessandria tor t-o-r-r-e she is one of the main developers behind this site um it's a fine review site uh i do like they're similar to bookbub they do list uh, book deals and how long the book deal was will last. So that's something that BookBub doesn't do. They mm-hmm. don't give like an end date on how long that sale is going to run. On binge books, they do list. They'll say the sale is good through June 30th or whatever. Um, but it's not great to organize a TBR, in my opinion. And I also found it difficult to find indie authors. 
that seems to be uh, a little frustrating. They're, I mean, and they're newer, they're startups. So, I mean, I think they've it's, been around. It's only been about three or four months, hasn't it, that they've been around? I was beta testing it back in December or January. So, so not quite a year. Not quite a year. But it, it just, you know, your big authors are there. Helena Hunting is on there. Um, I'm sure you could find some Jude Devereaux or Joanna Lindsay, some of the older school stuff, but um, newer on the scene, smaller indie authors. It didn't seem to be as active. And it, I found it frustrating. It was very hard. They want you to create like an avatar and it's just, it's very I felt evolved. like it was a lot of steps to put a book review and it didn't really help me find TBR or like create a TBR. It so. I have not been on there, but does it do recommendations of like other books? Like if you have reviewed this book, does it recommend? So under my name, it wants me to recommend p books that are similar to that book that I just reviewed. It wants me to say, if you liked Pucked, then you might like the Arizona Vengeance series from Sawyer Bennett or so the Nashville. So you are doing the recommending. It's not You're... recommending for you. Mm -mm. You're kind it's... of creating their backlist of it. Mm -hmm. yeah um okay so then there is book or organizer this was one that it's a subscription fee i think this one had a subscription fee it was, was a 99 dollar one yes that's the one for a lifetime of 99 dollars. if you plan to have a library and you plan to loan out books it might be worth it um because you can right there it's great if you have a really big physical library you can scan upc codes but some older books are no longer in their system some special imprintings and indie authors needed to be added manually to use almost any feature you have to pay a monthly subscription there is also no way to import your goodreads list so found that kind of that was frustrating um book buddy app which is my favorite just so we're all clear um it is and unfortunately it's only available for iphone it has different sections it has a wish list you can scan barcodes you can search via online to add books also you can upload your goodreads into it um, and some come over without book covers but it's an online google image search and it's within the app to add the book covers onto the books. So it was super easy to add book covers in that were missed. Um, you can do manual input. You can rate. You can note who you lended a book to. So if you're lending out your physical copies, which I'm sorry, who's crazy and does that? Who lets friends borrow books? That's a bad idea. Um, go to a library. <laughs> you're so mean. <laughs> I'm killing Amanda over there. She's like, wow, wow. Um, you can note who you lent a book to because don't do it. Um, you can add contacts and seek with iCloud to go to multiple devices. Um, what it, a one does it sync with your Apple Books then too? It might. I do not know that because I don't have Apple Books. I mean, I do, but I don't. Um, I don't buy any books on Apple Books. It's a one-time purchase of $4.99 for the pro version that allows you to have unlimited books in your catalog. The free version stops you at 50. 
and I'm sorry, if you're listening to this podcast and you only own 50 books, um, shoot me an email. We need to talk. I'll help you get more than 50 books. We are books. not doing our job. We will you stage have... an intervention. Yeah. <laughs> yes, well, like just last week, a bunch of indie authors put 450 books for free. There was like mm-hmm. this huge indie author free day of books. And I'm like, so yeah, if you only have 50 books, we need to talk because you are not paying attention. <laughs> yeah, I um, think I bought like 45 of those. Yeah. Like I had a whole chunk of them because they were free the last time. <laughs> um, you can add a wish list by scanning manual or online search. Some authors are kind of hit and miss in that. But like if you're at Target and you see a book that you really want to read, but you're not going to pick it up because you're just going to get the ebook. You could pull out your phone and scan the barcode and put it on your wish list right there. Nice. Right? Total win. I've done that. I have taken a picture of the book. Yes, but now you can put it in your app. Um, there is and the not li- lose your photo of it. Like and I not, do. And not lose your photo. Um, there is the LibIB app. It is mainly for a physical library. There's no easy way to import digital copies or search for them. And then there was Bookly, and that had microtransactions. They tried to game it. So, like, you had to buy gems to add books and do things. It was really stupid. Um, and it has ad pop-ups constantly for the pro version. So, listen, I make people buy books. I don't want to make them buy technology and make, apps, We do too. not make people do anything. We recommend the books that we like. They are the ones. I heard we make people buy books. We don't make anybody. <laughs> Okay, so that's what I have there. Um, okay, several of you use your Amazon wish list. How do you do that? Do you like? Do you just have one continual wish list, or do you break it down? No, I have one continual one. It's books to read. That's what I do. So original. But I have like seven different wish lists because each child has a wish list. There's a there's a wish list for the house. So I mean, if you're counting like my other wish list, then I break it down. But books only go on one. And then the kids' books go on their list. So, Amanda, how does your Amazon wish list work? Um, I actually have a couple of wish lists, only one of which is public. <laughs> so, and that's books that I think are smart or like that I, I think my mom and my grandma would like to read with me. Are you saying they don't want to read before. Blue Ice? No. Ice, blue Pain. You know, they might not like the Blue Pain. They might not. They might be uncomfortable. It's like the bane of my existence, though, that my family is like, anti- is not necessarily anti-romance, but are just like, I don't, I don't get it. Um, so I have my romance um, TBR wish list is is a private one, and my husband like will every now and then. This is why I, I love him so much. He will pull one off of that because we have the same Amazon account, and just it'll appear on my Kindle, and I'll be like, oh, oh, I love you. So sweet. <laughs> That's so sweet. That's sweet. I love that. That's really nice. Are you taking notes? No, he doesn't have his headphones on. Never mind. My husband doesn't even know our Amazon password. He's like, I need to, I need this. I'll send you the link. (laughs) Nicole, do you use an Amazon wish list at all? I do. I'm in like an online book gifting group too. So you had to start an Amazon wish list to like share in there. Um, so I have like my public list I'm willing to share with people and then my personal list where I'm like, I don't know if I'd want someone to buy that for me. Cause I don't know that I would spend the money on it, but I'm like curious. That's and then cool. I have a book list going of books to buddy read with my best friend. 
so that we can like plan vacations and read together. So I shared that list with her that we can just add stuff to for, you know, whenever we get out of town. I love that. That's awesome. Um, Laura, do you use an Amazon wish list? I do. I just have one, one list of books that I want or like, and I do a lot of um, book swaps with bookstagrammers, other bookstagrammers, and they're really fun. So I had to have a wish list for that. Before that, I didn't really have one because I just like good reads is crazy, but yeah, I like having it. It's fun. Um, I do not have an Amazon wish list at all. At all. Well, I have like a, well, if you need to know what parts we want to purchase for our next gaming PC that someone in the house might potentially need, there's one of those wish lists. I believe there's a power mm-hmm. tool wish list, but I do not have a book <laughs> wish list. Um, just because, so, you know, my privilege to buy books is only recent. You know, for a long time, I was very dependent on my library system. And inevitably also like so the gift exchanges and the book things like I'm happy to send people books but I don't read paperbacks like like I mean the listeners can't see it but I have these stacks of paper books paperbacks and a lot of them are for prizes and stuff um but honestly if I want to read it I'm gonna go buy myself the e-copy or borrow it from KU or the library or something because I just, I've had an e-reader for 10 years and I just can't, can't go back. I don't know. Leah tried to make me read a paperback and it just, no. I I did not try to make you read the paperback. I had your e-copy and you had a paperback. It was dumb that you didn't just get the paperback out. Instead, you spent $5 and bought me a book. It's deep in the Which I love you for, but still. Just give me the e-book. Like... And author no, honestly, will be like, like, can I, I send you a paperback? And I'll be like, oh, yeah, sure. That's great. And they send me the paperback and I buy the book because I'm not going to read. But I'll gift that paperback to somebody. Honestly, I don't think the last, I don't, not counting my kids' books because they always read paperbacks. But like, I couldn't tell you the last time I read a physical book. Um, last summer, I had to read a physical book because they only sent out paperbacks. They didn't do e-arcs they only did advanced copy paperbacks it was very hard it's very (laughs) difficult but i did it i took one for the team okay does mood reading affect your tbr so like do you plan some of our listeners are notorious planners oh yeah um like they plan out these are the books i hope to read in july so um those but your mood's going to affect that, right? Like, Oh, yeah. I've given up those ideas. I love the idea of that, but I can't commit to a list. I'll maybe read one of the things out of the, like, 15. I'm like, these are the ones I think I want to read. I don't read any of them. It never works. So I've just, I've given that up. A list like that, it makes it incredibly difficult to have a rabbit hole. And what's the fun if you aren't going down a rabbit hole? Yes. But then... Oh. So I tried to do it too, because I have so many library holds that come in. Like my desk at work is full of the books that I have personally requested. It's bad. (laughs) I need to stop putting things on hold. And yet I won't. We all know I won't. (laughs) Um, Yeah. One of our listeners, she is notorious. She had like 14 arcs one week Mm -hmm. that she signed up for. That's the sad not, thing is, is she me. was she was going down a rabbit hole of stuff she wasn't supposed to read. 
didn't sleep yeah. tonight because I had to read my arc. And I'm like, I'm sorry. But, but we're mm-hmm. not because because we're like, ooh, read this one next. And it's not one she's supposed to read. Anyway, we're the yeah. worst. No, I'm, I'm familiar with that. I mean, I had, I went on vacation for four days and I think 11 books came in for me while I was gone. I came back and I was like, you guys, who let me put all of these on hold? Wait, they know you're not trustworthy. Like they should be oh, responsible exactly. for some they of that. They should by now. Right? They should by now. And yet here we are. It was to the books. point where like, I put so many books on hold that one of the people from cataloging came up and was like, you didn't request this. Like, what do you know about this book? Is it not good? Cause you don't have it on hold. <laughs> it's like, well, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing that this is what you know about me, but. That's so funny. Laura, do you like plan out your month? I mean, I know you do arcs and stuff like that, but your fun reads, do you make a list of what you hope to um, read that month? No. I only plan out like the ones I've committed to like reviewing and then I kind of just write down like I get a lot sent to me without asking from publishers so I don't feel compelled to read those and review them but if I want to I still write them down like by pub month just so I can see those are options but I tend to like just go and grab something that I've been wanting to read for a while or just go to my iPad and be like "Ooh, I forgot I downloaded this so yeah definitely mood reading. And I always like read tons of romance and then someday I'll be like, oh, I really feel like a thriller. And then I'll read a thriller like in one day and then I'll go right back to the romance. So odd. Yeah, no, I get that. I, uh, the concept of random books showing up in the mail hasn't happened to Leah yet. Um, but for the last six months it's been happening here and my girl child is constantly like, you got book mail. And then she opens it. There's no candy. I'm just like, I'm sorry. Sorry. I don't get book mail, but I will forget that I pre-ordered something. It's like a happy surprise when I wake up in the morning. That's always good. Amanda, are you a mood reader? Is your mood, does that like affect your, do you plan a TBR? You're probably the more organized. I don't think I am actually. I mean, like for me, so I write contemporary romance and I've been finding that when I'm when I'm writing and when I'm drafting and editing I can't read contemporary and even then that's kind of like my my bread and butter that's what I love the most so lately my TBR has been completely ignored for people's recommendations um, and diving deep down like paranormal and fantasy romance rabbit holes and it's it's actually just been a huge <laughs> relief to walk away from my contemporary romance TBR because that was getting like almost stressful. Yeah, mm-hmm. because I um, just kept adding to it. We did an interview with Carla Sorensen not too long ago, and she said that when she is writing, she will read strictly historicals mm-hmm. because she doesn't want to accidentally put something in a book that she has read that she's writing like she want likes to keep that separation so she she said she does the same thing where like when she is in writing mode she doesn't read anything contemporary no i mean and, and there's also a little bit of an element of like imposter syndrome it's like oh my god if i read a Kristen callahan book while i'm right while i'm drafting i'd be like i just quit <laughs> i just quit oh Kristen um, callahan those books those are some good football books nikki or nicole if you haven't read those Kristen I'm Callahan. I'm looking her up right now. They are <laughs> not read any of them. They are so good. She's probably, yeah, she's, a, she's so my one click. 
sold. My top one click. They're so good. Where do I start? Where do I start? There's, I don't know what book one is. I mean, she has two different series that like I've read. I read her rock star, which starts with idol. Um, and then VIP then managed and now, uh, exposed Exposed is coming coming this summer and then that's her rock star romances and then her football book one i think is actually like a yeah the game on series i think book Mm -hmm. one might actually be a duet she start is book one it's all just the one guy i think it's just the one yeah and it starts he starts in college and then the next Mm -hmm. books are the teammates that have all gone pro super sexy fun reads like oh, college romances i've found are my favorite thing like college hockey oh i cannot get enough of it <laughs> I can't. that's fair love it so much um so do you have any tips on how to combat a reading slump we've heard you know the I would say March was really a rough month for some of us here on the podcast at Buzzing About Romance. Um, We all kind of hit this reading slump. Books were just not meeting our needs. Do you have any, you know, hints or helpful things to combat reading slumps? Trust yourself and your TBR and go back to the first couple of books that you put on it, like sort it by date and see what Mm -hmm. was the first thing. And maybe that will help you recapture that headspace that you were in where you were excited about something. And, you know, this is, I don't know, I get really excited about when I'm doing something for the first time, there's a special moment about it. And it can usually help me like jar out of the bad headspace that I'm in. Yeah. What about you, Nicole? What are your thoughts on combating a reading slump? Um, I will go and pick up a variety of books and I will start reading the first page or two of each one. And then if I don't feel anything about it, I will just put it down. And I will sometimes do that until I find something where I'm like, okay, I feel like I could read further into this because I, I had that during COVID. I couldn't read it all. I had all these ideas about like, oh, I'm going to get so much reading done. No, I spent the whole time watching movies and playing video games because I couldn't focus on anything. So I needed something that didn't require a lot from me. And then I actually just started rereading Harry Potter because that's kind of a comfort read for me. So like, I'll go back to something that I know really well that I love and that helps. Yeah. A comfort read, I think helps. I, Laura, do you have any thoughts on a reading slump? Um, I've just kind of like, personally, when I have kind of like a reading slump, I just kind of try to switch to a different genre that I haven't read in a while. And I like historical fiction, but I don't read a whole lot of it because sometimes it tends to depress me a little. But if I kind of am in a reading slump from reading a lot of thrillers and romance, I will switch and do historical fiction just to kind of shake it up. And I know it's something I'll enjoy. Um, So yeah, I try to switch genres and see if that helps. Yeah. I always say, go back to your kind of a comfort read, go back to the books that sold you on whatever genre it is you're into. You know, uh, my girl child is super into YA driven mysteries and especially Sherlock themed ones. And so, you know, if she's like, I don't want to read anything. Well, go reread study in Charlotte. I know you love that book. You love everything about it. Um, And so I'm kind of the same way if I'm in a slump, it's go back and read the Judith McNaughts or the Jude Devereaux's that are what brought me to romance. So, well, and that's, that is what kind of brought me out of my 
the book slip that a lot of us were going through at the same time. It was kind of crazy because we all were like experiencing the same thing. But I reread an entire series that like I adore. It's a suspense, romantic suspense, military suspense series. And like I knew what to expect. I knew I would enjoy it. Like I knew that like I would come out at the end of the book being happy. And so like I always reread a like a ser- like series that I love the first time going in and it kind of like resets me. And then sometimes I can read those new books and sometimes I just have to reread a different series that I really like. Um, okay, so before we are done here, we're going to do one of our conversation cards. Have you guys had a conversation card yet? I think we started with you guys, actually. I think we did start yeah, with one of our that. first episodes. The, who do you oh, want to punch in the face? Punch one. Yes. Yep. yes. Yes. So tonight's conversation card is number um, 23. What book have you read more than twice? We kind of heard Nicole's. Go first, Nicole. I mean, we all know it's going to be Harry Potter. That's, <laughs> it's like unfair to every other book series. And I have like a huge Hogwarts tattoo. Like it's unfair to them. That's unfair. That's I used to reread each one before each new book and then before each Mm -hmm. movie. And I think I've read the first one like 30 times. That's crazy. So this is also why I can't continue my DVR because I can't stop rereading those. (laughs) You're right. I didn't read a new series, but I read seven Harry Potter books. Amanda, what is what is a book that you have reread multiple times, more than once? So I have it on like a calendar. So every other every other year, I try to read the whole Wheel of Time series by Robert Jordan. Um, it's a pretty epic, like 14 book fantasy series that my dad and I read, started reading it together when I was a kid and he died before they finished it. So Brandon Sanderson, who's another pretty well-known fantasy author, actually had to finish it. I object to those last three books, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> so every couple of years I read, I reread those and I'm kind of like half-assing uh, a, a read through right now because the series is going to be out on Amazon prime. So I'm really excited. Um, and then uh, the name of the road, not the, the Foucault's pendulum by Umberto Eco is like an every year around Christmas time, I will read this. <laughs> I, and awesome. I really don't know why, but it's always around Christmas time that I feel like I have to read this again. That's I love that though. Um, Laura, what is your reread more than once? Like- so I am not a rereader at all for like my fun books or my books that I enjoy. Like I've just never been that way, but this is kind of interesting story. <laughs> my grandmother is the one who kind of started me way back when I was little reading, writing, and we've always been really close. And so in high school, um, one of my teachers read uh, the Tr- Truman Capote, a Christmas story. It was a short story and it like really resonated with me. And I was like, oh my gosh, my grandma would like this. So I went and read it to her out loud. And then literally for 20 years, the past 20 years, I've read it out loud to her every year. So it's like our thing and she's actually like in hospice right now. So she's like not doing very well. So I just got her copy of um, the book back. And so it has my little note in it from when I was in high school. But like, that's like one of the most amazing things is because we've read it like 20 times together. Every year we read it and we always cry, but it's such a sweet um, story of like family. And I love it so much. I have three copies if anybody wants wants to borrow. (laughs) You should (laughs) check it out. Such a good story. That's that's so beautiful. I love love that. that. 
I love that so. you share that memory with her and it's special and oh She's the okay best. Laura way to make us all cry <laughs> yep sorry <laughs> it's okay no, I still that love was, you. I love that's beautiful so I do, but I, I love, love that. that your that that bond that love of books mm -hmm. and that connection with mm -hmm. her in your life you know that that's so huge that just that really mm -hmm. matters I love that you yeah. bonded with a book and you have a tradition with a book it's amazing I mean my grandma gave me my first copy of Harry Potter she wrote my name in it you know and she's the one who taught me how to read because she used to watch me when my mom was at work so yeah I know just how you feel, are pretty so. amazing like that yeah mm -hmm. although mine would not have read the romance she'd have called it smut and burned it or something <laughs> she's crazy um Leah what is do you have a reread multiple time book um, I do. I actually reread To Kill a Mockingbird once a year. Um, that was, I think, ninth grade English. We read it and had to study it. And it was one of those books in class that like, I actually read. And I mean, I always read them because I was a huge nerd. But that was the one that I really enjoyed. But I, I don't know what it is about that book. But I reread that once a year, and I feel like every single person that enjoys reading should have a copy of that book. So when my niece turned 14 this year, I bought her her own copy. I was very excited to share it with her. I don't well, know if she was excited, you, but I was. And people don't realize, so To Kill a Mockingbird, you know, the author's story is just really amazing and all the things mm -hmm. and there's the connection to Truman Capote and uh -huh. um, people don't realize that Catherine Sackett that wrote The Help actually grew up in the same town. That um, is a really good book also. That is a really good mm -hmm. book, Poop Pie. Um, <laughs> so I actually heard Catherine Sackett speak at a uh, Write to Read Month event a community read event was really awesome she's really funny if you ever get a chance to hear her talk she's really funny but i mean that's an amazing book to reread now i feel like mine is like <laughs> there is uh, no shame here there's right. no what is what is yours um it, it's a tie it's either judith judith mcnaught whitney my love um she has not put a new book out i don't think judith mcnaught has put a new book out since 2005 and I'm pretty sure she's dead. Like, I don't have 100% knowledge that she is, but pretty There's sure. speculation. Um, and she hasn't written a book since 2005. And um, so it's either a tie between her or The Secret by uh, Julie Garwood. Both historical romances, ones that I read early on. Julie Garwood's Secret takes place in the Scotland Highlands. It's totally a grumpy sunshine trope. He kidnaps this woman from the English border, takes her to the Highlands to help um, her very best friend from when she was growing up to uh, have a baby because she's uh, her mother and her grandmother and her grandmother's grandmother. Everybody has died in childbirth. And so she's very afraid about having a baby and her friend learns everything she can to be a midwife in the Scottish historic Highlands. It's Anyway, it's really good. Highly recommend it if you haven't read Julie Garwood. She's got lots of great Scottish alpha holes, really. <laughs> <laughs> they all are. 
Um, they probably would be stern brunch daddies, Leah. Stern brunch daddy. I like a stern brunch daddy. I didn't even know what a stern brunch daddy was until, like, what, a couple months ago, two months ago? I don't no, know we... what that is. Um, a uh, man on the streets and a freak in the sheets okay. is okay. a stern brunch daddy. Um, I've never like heard a... that term for them. That's not amazing. quite not quite a cinnamon roll hero um because he's got a little bit too many alpha tendencies to be a cinnamon roll hero um lady sadie and duchess katie came up with the term alpha roll yeah you know yep. so mm -hmm. so that's the stern brunch daddy like stern brunch daddy okay yeah. i'm gonna start andy, using andy that. I love christopher that. andy christopher came up with the stern brunch daddy is that and who if you it was back, yeah and her instagram is nothing but like for a while it was just like these reels that were nothing but like who is my ideal stern brunch daddy and it was just it's just hilarious i like a good stern brunch daddy well mm -hmm. and i just read Jana astin's new the next mrs russo which is adorable it's totally her love letter to governor andy cuomo from in the midst of uh quarantine and covid and all that stuff um but he's a total stern brunch daddy like hundred percent. Oh, I can, I can see that. So, um, but it was anyway. It's a thing. <laughs> Thank you, librarians, for joining us. Um, we will have you back at the beginning of September to wrap up summer reading challenge. So, you know, we're gonna find all sorts of reasons for you to come back and talk with we us. Are. <laughs> Amanda's like great. <laughs> no, I'm excited. I, I like this. This has been like one of the most fun things that I've done all summer. So thank when you. When in doubt, the librarians <laughs> come back. Right? Leah and yeah, I are you like, run out of things to say. <laughs> Leah's like, what are we going to talk about here? I'm like, um, I don't know. Let's bring the librarians back. <laughs> They'll come hang out with us. They like us. So yeah, um, look forward to hearing from them to wrap up summer reads and what we can expect for all of our fall releases. So Thank you, ladies. We appreciate yes. you. Thank you so much for coming back. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Okay, I do love our librarians. I am. I do too. I just, I adore them. I think that it is wonderful that they come on with us and are willing to talk books and just add to our chaos. They do, and they embrace our chaos, and I just really, I like them. They're so sweet. Yeah, they are. Um, Okay, Leah, what are you reading this weekend? I am reading Secret Enemy and sorry. Let me try that again. I am reading Secret Enemy by Katie Rias. It is part of her, her really long series that I really like, but it was new and I'm excited and yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got a lot of sun today. I'm I'm tired. <laughs> You're that's fine. You're fine. Um, I'm reading Hard to Handle by Kay Bromberg. This will actually be my first Kay Bromberg read. Um, oh, I wait, I think I read that. I have not. I guess it's based in a sports agency in each book. Oh, I haven't read that one. This is book one of the series. Each book has a different sports person. Um, I know that there's like a hockey one and there's soccer and a football player. I do not know what hard to handle is. I have not started it because before I could read this, I thought I was going to read a secret baby romance earlier today. 
But someone on this podcast right this minute lied to me. I, I did not lie. wasn't a secret baby. No, but book two is a secret baby, so now you have to read that. I just... You know what? I'm really trying very hard to challenge myself to read more authors so that one, we can provide our listeners with better book recs so we're not recommending the same five go-to authors all the time. Um, so I am trying really to read. You really like the book, though. I did really like the book, but it was a slow burn. Why didn't you tell me? You told me it was a secret baby. And then it's a slow burn, Leah. Um, well, I hate to tell you, but I think all four books are a slow burn. And now I have to read all four books. The other book that I read was Love to Hate Her um, by Jay Salmon. Salmon? I don't know. Salmon? I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't S-A-M-A-N, know. S-A-M-A-N, for yes. those who don't know. Um, it's a rock star romance. It's super angsty. At first, you think it's going to be like a love triangle. It is not. It is not. Okay. The female character to know. is very clear who where her affections are but it's two brothers that are part of a band that are rock stars and the girl is one of the brothers ex-girlfriends and she's brought on to be a nanny for the other brother that she didn't date that's also her friend they grew up together that's also her friend um, to be the nanny for his daughter who has autism and they're going on a world tour and he doesn't want to leave her behind. He wants her to go on tour with them. And so he hires a nanny who has the ability to deal with a child with that's neurodiverse. And it's very well done. But the main character, she is very clear throughout the entire book that she does not in any way, shape or form want to get back with her ex. I like but that though. But it's enemies to lovers, childhood friends. So like all I your, think like, it was a slow burn your, also. not go-tos. It was also a slow burn. A cl- I think you were a closet slow burner. I'm not. Because you have read like six of them. I know. It's because I keep reading books that you people keep telling me to read. But do you like them? I do, but I don't love them. I mean, I do love them actually. Shut up. Um, <laughs> Leah, let's tell everyone about Drunk Book Club. So Drunk Book Club is rapidly approaching because it's the end of June already, which is crazy. Well, actually, this episode is dropping on July 4th. Okay. Well, anyway, but it's still June while we're recording. I could sing a song. No, no, please don't. We are hanging out on July 17th. Our theme for the night was vacation or is vacation romance. And we are reading one week by Claire Kingsley. It is part of her Jetty Beach series. And if you are interested in joining Drunk Book Club, you can find details on the website or check out our Patreon campaign. And Just honestly, email it us. is one of, you can email us, but it yeah. is one of the best nights of the month. Like well, it is so much fun. We talk about the book and we, we do that, but then we talk about other things too. Like we don't just focus on the book. We have, it is a good time with But we do people. have discussions about the book or the trope or the topic and mm-hmm. maybe different, The you author know, themselves, like what the we The author themselves, we do like. we like, do we like their books typically? Um, mm-hmm. It's a, it's a really good book club. It, it's fun. Honestly, if you're interested and you want to try it out um, and just you're unsure if it's your thing, let us know. We'll, we'll give you a come and see kind of moment and see if we're your people but i will tell you a lot of fun i think we're it a, lot, is of a lot of fun i mean 
we're not biased or anything. But. No. We also are reading, and I don't have this in our notes, but we are also reading 44 Chapters About Four Men by B.B. Easton that is now the Netflix series Sex Slash Life that dropped on June 25th. We are doing a read and watch along as part of our Patreon also. Um, we have three different dates in July planned. We're going to break it down into three sections, episodes one through three, episodes four through six, and then episodes seven through not, uh, seven through eight, I think is how it know. goes. Um, so I don't have we're gonna, Netflix right now, so I, I cannot tell you anything. We're going to break it down. That doesn't start till July 11th. So honestly, if you are halfway interested in talking about bb easton and the sex life netflix series uh send us an email and we'll send you details on how you can be a part of that event um oh so in may we tried out our book club discussions in our facebook and discord um patreon member and hive friend of the hive heather and uh, rachel came up with like five or six different books with different questions and topics, um, different tropes and subgenres. And we did that in May and June kind of got away from us, but we're bringing it back for July mm -hmm. to help you get through the dog days and grunge of the summer. So you can expect details from that uh, early this week. So this episode's dropping on July 4th. You can expect details to come out by July 5th. Um, we're going to announce the books and then the discussion will happen from July 9th through July 21st 29th. or July 29th, July 29th through July 31st. Um, this is a great way to read books with low pressure book chats. Um, for details, make sure you join our discord or the romance hive on Facebook. And we read a sports romance, a dark romance, a paranormal romance or like a contemporary contemporary romance and all books will be part of kindle unlimited so mm -hmm. um it's not like you have to go out and buy a book nope so and i think lady katie lady katie whole <laughs> duchess katie and lady sadie i think you're going to pick a historical read for a book chat okay. so details coming july 5th on that one um leah a lot of dates in there okay so notable the notable upcoming releases, releases. Okay, so July is a busy month. July 4th, Stupid Cupid, Pleasure Island, which is not spelled right at all in our notes, by Veronica Valentine. July 5th, Hat Trick by Eden Finley. July 5th, Claim Her by Janika Snow. July 6th, Just One Scandal by Carly Phillips. July 6th, Incense and Sensibility by Sonali Dev. Have you read any so of those books by her? I have not. So she should I? She is an author who is of Indian descent. She's an Indian American. Okay. And she is rewriting the Jane Austen romances from the point of view Ooh. of wealthy Indian daughters. So daughters of immigrants that are have done very well for themselves here in the United States. And um the very first one is hold on. Pride and Prejudice and Other Recipes. Um, it's like a family restaurant. The woman's a lawyer and um, her family owns a restaurant and the guy is the cook at the restaurant. So in all of these books so far, the women are the ones of monetary substance and the men are the like destitute needing, you know, 
not doing Ooh. as well. I'm so, going to have to check this out. So this is book three. This is her take on the sense and sensibility. So um, it's really good. good. I do. Okay, love so that. then July 8th, um, You're Still the One by Erica Kelly. July 8th, Riley Thorne in the Corpse in the Closet by Lucy Score. July 8th, The Grumpy Player Next Door by Pippa Grant. July 8th, again, The Defensive Zone, San Francisco Strikers, Book 8 by Stephanie Kay, which is a hockey romance for anyone who doesn't know. July 8th, Nothing Bunt Love by Samantha Lind. I like Ooh, July 7th, we're out of order there for a second, on a Wednesday by Whitney G., July 9th, Until I Met You, which is in the Happily Ever Alpha World by Aurora Rose Reynolds. By, um, and this book is by Amanda Fay. July 9th, Yogas by Jane Henry. And July Actually, 10th. So, so Google, what? my Google Doc corrected that. It's supposed to be Yogasm, like yoga and orgasm together Ooh. by Jane Henry. Hashtag Yogasm. Yogasm. I like that. Anyway, and then July 10th, Axel Dental Knockout, Reaper's Den Series Book Two by Nikki Mays. So many good books. Um, if you want to mm-hmm. know what releases we are anticipating um, for the month of July, you can find that full list on our uh, website. We also there- list weekly um, any upcoming releases. So we do, and there are a lot of good books coming out in July. There are. A lot. I tempered myself down to 10 when I started doing my half of the notable releases. Oh, you you did? I did. I was like, I'm just going to go with 10 because Sister Jet is coming from Sawyer Bennett on July 20th. I know, but I didn't know you were going to temper yourself down. Now I have to go through my list again. Well, maybe we have crossovers. Also, The Spark by V. Keeland because, V. Keeland, because, oh, you one. know. I left that one off because I knew you would have it. <laughs> it's on my list. Okay, like so there were a couple where I was like, "Oh, Becky's gonna have this." I can. I don't have to put it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I can add more to my list, so we could have like the ones we're both anticipating, and then I could add more to my personal list. If you... what if we do ten, ten, and ten? You have yes. ten. We have ten. Because I'm yes. sure there's ten that overlap. I'm sure that we have 10 that overlap. I mean, I'm sure there's more than 10 that overlap. <laughs> probably way more. There's so many books coming in July. Like if you need books to month. read in July, there are so many good books. Um, okay. What are we doing next, next time, Leah? Next time, our first ever podcast crossover event um, with Kelly from the Boobies and Newbies podcast. It's, but it's not, oh no, it is our first because you went I went you to went Dear there. Romance Writers, and then Dear Mo- Romance Writers came to our YouTube channel, but we have not had Zio, Avery, and Roan all together on this podcast. And really, we need to get Zio on the podcast. She's the only one we're missing. We do. Maybe we have a lot of months, maybe October, because maybe October. we're pretty booked up. But anyway, anyway, so Kelly from Boobies and Newbies podcast, she joins us as we talk about how we rate our romances, what we love and hate about the five star system. Mostly Becky hates the five star system. There's not a lot of love for the five star system. I just, it would be better if we could give half stars. Well, or even if we could give like separate stars, like five for the story, three for... Like three for the heat. Like if 
if it was even just able to like, be broken down. Or like give me it was the a well written and edited book, but the story stunk. Like, and give me the chance to let people know if I think that maybe the story was fine. But if you are someone who reads character-driven stories, this is a very yeah. strong plot-driven story, or vice yeah. versa. You don't have to. Everybody doesn't want that option because not everybody reviews like we review. Yeah. But I also feel like, at least with the Goodreads Amazon quandary, we don't always get the opportunity to say, would you recommend this book? Mm-hmm. It might be a four-star read, but at the end of the day, I'm going to give you probably six other books that, that are that. actually better than that one. Well, right. And that's what I'm saying, too. Like, I can look at a book object- objectively and say this was a rel- well-written, well-edited book because there's no errors, but the story itself did not do it for me. Yeah. Like. Yeah. But. I just. Anyway, you'll have to listen to that episode we chatted with Kelly. She's she's very sweet. Her podcast has been around since 2016 or 2017. So. hmm it's awesome to have her come on ours. And then I went on hers and did a book review episode with her. So lots yes. of fun stuff coming in July. And then even more, the episodes in July are awesome. We have some really, really exciting and fun stuff coming in July and in August. Like August Becky and I is going to be so We're going good. over stuff today and it's, it's going to be good. Yep. You can still expect uh, quick shots of romance on Tuesdays and Thursdays and the first and third Thursday of the month, I believe you will have our, July, no, I'm yes. sorry, second and fourth Thursday of the month is our corset and crowned edition of our quick shots of romance but with July is also co-host choice. So for our quick shots, yes, our Patreon, all the paper, Patreon members that are coming to co-host with us, they had to pick the book and it had to correlate with a bingo square for the summer reading challenge. Yeah, I know. So uh, if you need to, if you need to fill your bingo squares, make sure you listen to the quick shots in August or, or in July. July. Well, and I think we're doing the same months. thing in August, but I actually I like Rachel's like, I need a billionaire romance. I was like, oh, okay, well, here's like six books that would work for you. And she's like, okay, well, what about this one? I'm like, oh, that's fantastic because it's a fling and they're co-workers and uh, billionaire romance. And I mm-hmm. mean, there was like first in the series, like we covered. Oh, so she's like checking stuff off at a random she got rapid pace. seven bingo squares out of one book. Um, nice. But that's what we're here for, to help. (laughs) Well, and nice thing is there's nine cards. You can split it up between the cards. Right. You can only use the book twice per card. It doesn't mean you can't use the same book twice per nine cards. You could use it 18 times if it counts. Right. I'm pretty sure we can make it all work. Um, We can make it happen. And if you have questions how you can make it happen, just let us know and we will answer that for you. And if you honestly, if you have a question on whether a book works or not, just message us. And we'll let you know. Because yeah, message us. Join our, our Facebook group. Our rules are very loose. <laughs> join our Discord server. We're not really great at following the rules. We just want you to read new books and to love what you we read. We just want you to have fun. Yeah. Enjoy your reading. Yep. So thank you for joining and us on, on this episode of Buzzing About Romance. Until next time, everyone. Happy reading. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. 
If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes. 